if you met George Lucas, what would you say to him? Stick him up. <laughs> far, far away, the Star Wars saga began, and Kenner continues the excitement. Star Wars figure. The Empire Strikes Back turn of the Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive podcast. It's... The Cast. Newest news on the oldest toys, from bubble bath to belt buckles, from 12 packs to 2 packs. New boss, alien bounty hunter. From the, from the, from the, from the, from the Star Wars collection. Watch out, watch out! We bring the world of vintage Star Wars memorabilia alive! Informative features and personal collecting stories. Offer expires December 31st, 1979. No, no, no. An Octavito with emphasis. The Supreme Master, the Emperor. Brought to you by the Star Wars Collector's Archive. The SWCA.com. With your hosts, Sky Payne. Even Chewbacca. 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 And Stephen B. Denley. I've got you now, Ben Kenobi. Star Wars, early birds, certificate packets. News from Kenner. Kenner Star Wampa Wampa. Welcome to the Codcast for August 2011. Finally tonight. Has it really been that long? It's been 19 months since the Star Wars Collector's Archive podcast was first released. But for some, the Force is still with them. How's it going, Steve? <laughs> it's going good, man. I uh, I just scarfed my uh, microwave burrito. It's my typical Kivecast meal because I get home and just rush and get ready. So <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm good to go. Yeah, we're dealing with this, uh, you know, the time delay. So I'm I'm out here on the East Coast by the the muddy shores of the Erie Canal, and Steve's uh, living the California dream, man. That's awesome. Yep. With all those good burritos out there, you're scarfing <laughs> microwave burritos. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, shame <laughs> on you. Uh, but at the top, Steve, because I think it's been April was the last time we got a, a call on the Wampa line. So uh, let's let's sprinkle some encouragement. Seven six five eighty eight Wampa. That's P O K U T Wampa. Let's uh, you know let, let's get some more calls out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it, it's fun. Everyone says they're going to call, but. Uh, <laughs> We've been getting some weird calls, man. We get these like uh, automated calls talking about Michelle Bachman and stuff, and oh man, campaign yeah. calls, huh? Yeah, campaign calls. But uh, what's the what's the uh, what's the figure this month, Steve? The good old classy stormtrooper. Yes, the stormtrooper. So for for my movie thought, you uh, you may guess what it is, but I'm going to start with a nostalgia story, Steve. Okay. So when I was a kid, you know, I, I used to play Star Wars a fair amount. And, uh, of course, I mean, I don't know if you were the same way, but everyone always wanted to be the bad guys, you know. Totally, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Chewbacca now, but bad guys were cool. So I remember uh, being in my bed in my my, my uh, house, my yellow room in Belmont, Massachusetts. And there I was, and I was talking to my parents. I'm like, I'm Darth Vader. I'm Boba Fett. Yee, yee, yee. I'm a stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah. No. Wait, what? No, you can't say I'm a stormtrooper. Uh-oh. And I couldn't figure out why. I said, why? And they said, because stormtroopers were very bad people. And what they're talking oh, about, but... Steve, is, is a historical truth. I mean, do you know what stormtroopers uh, refer to, Steve? Uh, it would be the uh, German SS. <laughs> well, not, I, not good people. <laughs> yeah, not good people. Actually, I did some research because I knew I was going to be talking about it. In German, it's Sturmabteilung. And okay. uh, they started during World War One, and it was before the SS. They were like a, a paramilitary okay. organization. And if you ever hear the expression "brown shirt," uh, that's referring to these uh, these parliamentary Nazi soldiers. 
Mm. So anyways, I just uh, I just thought that was funny. It really marked me as a kid because I love the Stormtroopers, but no, you're not <laughs> You could never be one. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh. Uh, and then that reminded me of the Celebration Europe medallions, uh, which, you know, the first 12 uh, figures were represented. One was each country, and Chewbacca was France, and Vader was Poland. And, and who was German, Steve? You know, I, I'm actually not sure. I, I'm going to hope that it wasn't the Stormtrooper. <laughs> it was, right there oh, below no. Krieg der Stern, sponsored oh, by boy. none other than Chris Gorgulius. Oh, uh, man. I haven't quite gotten confirmation <laughs> about whether that was an intentional joke. But uh, anyways, it's, I mean, it's easy to forget. But I was just trying to think, you know, what if in you know, 20 years or something, you know, my son's there playing, like, hey, I'm an Al-Qaeda, yeah, yeah. You know, I could, I could see that being... Uh, a little um, iffy, yeah. A little iffy, especially because <laughs> my son would be like, you know, almost thirty. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm back again with the uh, with the controversial uh, movie observations. But what, what do you say we uh, we take it to the news, Steve? Sounds good. I right, want you to grab a bite of burrito while everyone's listening to uh, the JBs. Watch out! It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually uh, flying solo. You know that, Steve? My, uh, my Mrs. Wampa, she's in Costa Rica. Oh, wow. That's a good time of year to be there. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's learning Spanish. She's been there for two weeks, and she's going to be there for another week. So. Very cool. Yeah, I'm like kid wrangling. I took a nap today. See, I never nap. It's See, how did, how did you pull that off when you got the kids there? I mean, did you, did you give them a sedative or something? Or? Yeah, a sedative called television. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I just hooked them up with that, and I'm like, I got to be awake for the Kivecast. I can't make the same mistake as episode, what, what one was it? Maybe like the seventh or eighth. I remember I almost fell asleep on the keyboard. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah, it's, it's been a, a pretty good month for news as far as uh, 30, 30 to 33-year-old toys goes. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking maybe we should start with the movie news, Steve. What, what's, what Absolutely. am I talking about here? Uh, well, we got a documentary coming up. It's supposed to be released uh, in August of next year at Celebration 6, and uh, it's being made by a guy named Brian Stillman, who goes by Doc Atomic on Rebel Scum. Uh, he's, I guess he's uh, been in the uh, journalism world for about 15 years, and he's got a really neat blog. I think it's called Doc Atomic's Attic of Astounding Artifacts, which is an awesome name for a blog. <laughs> um but yeah, he's uh, putting together a documentary about the uh, history of Star Wars toys, the vintage ones, and uh, I'm, I have to say, like, it's something I always dreamed of doing, like, in an ideal world, so I'm so glad to hear that uh, someone's doing it. Yeah, well, what do you say, Steve? Uh, he gave us uh, his phone number, so why don't, we, uh, why don't we give him a call and talk to him about it in person? Yeah, let's bring it in. I can't come to the phone right now, but if you leave your name and number, I'll call you back as soon as possible. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Wampa Wampa, Brian. This is uh, Sky. And Steve. Uh, we're just going to leave a message now because we're, we're hoping to have an interview with you at some point about uh, the Plastic Galaxy movie, which is at www.plasticgalaxymovie.com. And uh, hopefully Steve didn't give me the wrong number and you're some stranger. <laughs> But if you are a stranger... I'm slightly concerned. <laughs> I'm slightly concerned, but you know what? If you are a stranger, check out uh, the Kivecast. It's a, it's, a, it's a podcast about Star Wars collectibles. And check out Plastic Galaxy 
uh, it's going to be this documentary. It's coming out uh, in, uh, next August, all about the, the world of collecting vintage Star Wars toys. So uh, if this is Brian, maybe I'll talk to you next month. If it's not, uh, have a good day. All right, well, that didn't work out, Steve, but... Uh, no, not, not yet. We'll, <laughs> give, we'll give it another try in a little bit here. We'll, we'll give it another try. The best thing would be if it wasn't him, right? And he's, like, sitting <laughs> right. there, like, what's going on? And then he hears the, the, the episode, and he's all like, oh, oh well. <laughs> I, guess, yeah. I guess that other dude in Brooklyn is getting my phone message. Right. But, uh, uh, I just double checked the number. Hopefully, that, that's the one he gave me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that was Brian. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty tired too, so I might have put in the wrong number. But uh, <laughs> maybe we found a new listener. You know what I'm saying, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, so cool. Well, uh, we'll we'll talk to Brian. But check it out again: PlasticGalaxyMovie.com. Excellent. Yeah, and uh, another another thing that's coming up at the end of this month. Uh, it's have you ever heard of Boba Fisher, Steve? I have. Um, I, I don't know a ton about him. I know he was a big-time collector in the past. I know he he passed somewhat recently, right? Yeah, was, yeah. He, uh, I think he died maybe a couple of years ago. Okay. But he's got a big uh, auction of his what's remaining of his collection coming up soon. Yeah, so that's going to be in, in Pittsburgh next, uh, you know, the end of the month, the 27th and the 28th. And uh, there's, uh, we'll, we'll provide a link for it. You know, there's a whole link of all the stuff that he's selling. And he's, I mean, he, a lot of stuff has already been sold. But there's still right. a bunch of really fun vintage stuff. Yeah, for sure. And uh, if it weren't for the fact that I'm starting teaching that Monday, I, I, I would have yeah. it down there. Again, yeah. it's just these things planned in late August. They have to have, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they just have, uh, there's some modern things, but you know, they got, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of all the vintage hats. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so much of that kind of random vintage stuff that that we've. I've actually really started to grow to love just doing the, the podcast. Yeah, no kidding. It's it's a it's a it's a treat to see just to look through this stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, for the collectors that are going, I mean, it's just going to be a blast to to see everything, even if you know if they're not buying anything, but just to see it would be a. Real treat. Yeah, I'm gonna. We're gonna try to hopefully shoehorn in an interview with one of the people that's going to the auction. Uh, that'll hopefully. Oh, be good. In the September episode. I mean, okay. you know, uh, I think Mike Ritter's going. I think even Chris Jorgulius might be going. I think maybe he was saying that. So, you know, maybe we can have uh, another excuse to to talk to those guys. <laughs> but uh, definitely a lot of fun stuff. A lot of things that we've featured as unloved vintage items, and mm-hmm. a lot of future uh, un- unloved items. For um, sure. <laughs> but this is an excuse for me to play one of my favorite vintage-related uh, audio clips. So, oh yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll include a clip of the uh, uh, of this. You know, as, we'll include a link of it on the on the show notes. But it's from 1990, and uh, Boba Fisher, uh, Bob A. Fisher. He was out of Pittsburgh, I believe. Right. And it's a local news story, and it's from 1990. And that's the uh, – if you heard the weird intro at the beginning, I, I was imitating the uh, the newscaster who you're going to hear presently. And uh, it's just this great thing of where you see this guy, and he's going through his collection and proudly calls himself the second largest Star Wars collector. Yep. Um, which is always great. I have always said whenever I've had – whenever anyone asks me, you know, do you have the most loose chewies in the world? I always say I have the second most because no one's ever going to argue with you if you say you have the second most. No, no. That's true. <laughs> Although actually now there's at least two people with more. So anyways. Oh, man. Especially because I keep giving them to all the kids who come by. So 
Uh, see, that's what's happening. That is what's <laughs> happening. But anyway, so why don't we have a listen to the uh, the 1990 news with David Johnston? No, David Johnson and Peggy Finnegan. Uh, so let's let's have a listen, Steve. All right. Well, finally tonight, has it really been that long? It's been 13 years since the movie Star Wars was released, but for some, the force is still with them. That's right. In tonight's edition of Vessel at Large, Jack comes up with a prime example. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, namely Monroeville, Bob Fisher managed to accumulate what is acknowledged to be the second largest collection of Star Wars memorabilia in America. Bob won't put a price tag on what his enormous collection is worth, and says it's easily worth more than the rest of the house and his lot. Give me a good example of uh, how some of these things can appreciate in value. Like the tie bomber. <laughs> I think it was issued originally when my wife spent 11 or 12 dollars on it. The price tag's still on the box. But uh, in the last toy shop edition, there was one in there for $750. Fisher has an especially large collection of a movie never made, The Revenge of the Jedi. Actually, the movie was made, but the title was changed to Return of the Jedi, but not before these items were turned out. It just doesn't stop. There's the bubble gum, unassembled models, plates, clothes, including slippers, socks, T-shirts, the masks. All the related record albums, even rare cards on the subject from other countries. If you met George Lucas, what would you say to him? Stick him out. <laughs> I'm not so at large. That is amazing how much stuff he has. What a collection. It is a big one. It's almost too much stuff. Almost too much, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I just love his response to, to what he would say to George Lucas if he saw him. That's yeah. just great. Stick him up. <laughs> Stick him up. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much great about that, too. I mean, the, the tie bomber. and it, When you watch the video, too, just his, his expression. And, you know, the fact that it was 1990, you know, that yeah. it was in that dead zone, you know, arguably two Complete years. Complete dead zone, yeah. After the, the vintage era ended and five years before potf2 and and all that and just to yeah yeah it's it's funny to see those those things that we we all still talk about now like you said like the tie bomber and the uh the unknown revenge of the jedi i mean it's just funny to hear it said in 1990 where i mean (laughs) now i just think of it now and it's it kind of puts it in perspective yeah yeah that's so anyways it's a pretty exciting auction we'll we'll have an interview with with somebody who will say how the auction went uh, maybe a different kind of market watch next month. Um, yeah. That could be kind of fun, but that's definitely exciting news because it, you can't even bid on it online, which I think is great. The, the guy is saying, yeah, forget it. You have to come here. So there's something really, really kind of nice and old school about it. Ah, jeez, it's only five hours away, Steve. Maybe I should try. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Uh, what kind of gas mileage you get? You got you got good stuff with that Prius, right? Yeah, I could. <laughs> it's the it's the emotional uh, the emotional task. <laughs> you got to bring the kids along. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> you got to have them bidding for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, see another thing that that just came out today. I don't know if you've seen, but uh, the the archivist uh, Tommy Garvey's put out uh, the most. Uh, C4 collector panels. So right, right. He's already already released the C5 collector panels, which of course I can't a... I can't watch because I'm in them and I, <laughs> I just, just drives you nuts. Out. Yeah, it drives me nuts. 
but look at my hair. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that that's that's pretty big news, and that's you know through the the Star Wars Collectors Archive, which we're technically a part of as well. So uh, I think everyone should go check that plug, out. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, those collector panels. If you weren't there, I mean, if you're, you know, if you ever feel like, oh, I really missed out, and I'm starting this this vintage thing too late, that's a really good place to start because absolutely, a lot of it's very beginner stuff. Uh, but it's also very comprehensive, and it's a lot of the people who who know the most, and and uh, yeah. So I think if you ever if you ever really want to yearn for something, and you know you already have the books, and you've already looked at the archive a lot, that's a that, that's a it's good, a good idea. outlet. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a good outlet. And in general, because we're going to talk about this later, but we've actually had a few emails from people who say they're really starting to collect partly because of us, which is cool. Um, definitely. Spend more time on the archive. That's the, the the number one advice for starting collectors. I'd say just look around and read because uh, that, that's part of the reason we do this, Steve. It's just there's so much stuff there that people don't see. You know, it's and endless. Yeah, it's just endless. Even today, later when we talk about stormtroopers, let's talk about it now. All Steve, right. did you ever see the new sign on the uh, on the Power of the Force uh, stormtrooper proof? Um, yo, you know, that's right. I, until I looked these up again, I didn't remember seeing that. And, so, so uh, I'd never seen this before, but apparently on Power of the Force Stormtrooper proofs, uh, there are some out there where over Imperial Stormtrooper, over the nameplate, it says new. It's like stenciled right, right. on there. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I don't know. I just, I never knew that. <laughs> and it was only from, you know, goofing around on the, on the archive that I found that. Yeah, it's funny because it's such a such a lie that stormtroopers have been around for <laughs> exactly. forever at that point. It's the gotta, and thing. it's the last the last uh, grasp. Yeah, <laughs> He's exactly. going for it. It wasn't even a new picture. I mean, there was, no, no, there's nothing new about the Imperial stormtrooper. Yeah. Oh, just another related quick note on, on the picture. I, I I trying to think. It's the only character I can think of where there's two of them pictured on the uh, the card back, and I always thought like that's just the way of kind of. Reinforcing the idea that kids need to have more than one yeah. of, of these of these figures. So, <laughs> well, yeah, and and that's maybe too. I think Stormtrooper may be one of the most nostalgia-filled figures for people because of that. Yeah, uh, I know. I know. My dad bought everyone he could find at the toy store. Yeah, and like yeah. my favorite one was one my brothers used to goof with. He had really loose limbs, so you could hold <laughs> hold onto his legs and shake him really hard, so his arms spun around. You know, like like Popeye when he's like getting ready yeah to yeah you. getting ready to brawl. <laughs> oh man, it cracked me up. And yeah. uh, my, my only uh, theft of any figure was a uh, was a Star Wars. It must have been a twelve back. I don't know, but my dad bought it and he kept it in the he kept it in his like cupboard. And I took it uh -oh. one time before I collected vintage or anything. I just put it on my wall as a gas, you know, like like <laughs> through the hole punch. Yeah. And someone took it at a party. Oh wow. Yeah. I always wonder if it's been AFA'd or where it is. <laughs> where is he? That poor stormtrooper. Where is he? So getting back to the news, Steve. Yes. Um, just every once in a while, uh, do you ever go to bookstores, Steve? There aren't that many around here anymore. <laughs> it's That's funny. Yeah, the, in Santa Barbara, the two big chain bookstores are gone. Um, we have Chaucer's still, which is a great little place. But uh, no, I, I don't get to go to bookstores that often. Uh, I kind of miss it. Well, if you ever do, uh, I'd really suggest looking at the Star Wars Insider every month because uh, Gus Lopez now has articles in there, I believe, every month. Oh, cool. And, and he doesn't really promote them, but... Uh, they're well written. The one this month is on uh, unproduced Star Wars prototypes. 
Uh, really nice uh, write-up on the unproduced 3PO walkie-talkie, the Rocket Fets, and... Oh, very cool. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's stuff you could find in his book as well, I guess, but still... Yeah, it's nice to see that on, on a magazine stand. Yeah, and especially <laughs> if you're like me and you spend a lot of time, like, sitting down in the Barnes & Noble with the kids, with, you know, every possible Barbie and Pokemon book around them. You, know, you yep. have to have at least one magazine you can go to. Keep you keep stable, yeah. yeah it's like, hey, listen, the adults are reading about toys. Now go away. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> now, was there any uh, limelights that, that, that grabbed your attention? <laughs> well, there was definitely one that, uh, that kind of just hits you right in the head. It's uh, this uh, set of unproduced Power of the Force figures that, um, let's see, who was it that had posted these? It was uh, Dustin, right? Dust Dustin, that's right. Um, and uh, what he's got are these uh, uh, carded figures that were never produced, and uh, they were used as photo samples for the, the Toy Fair catalog. And um, it's just, uh, they're amazing. I mean, it's just, it, you think that uh, over time they kind of get split up, but uh, I guess he's been working on it for a while to kind of bring them together, and it's well, I, really, I, really I, impressive. I think they were split up. So, yeah, yeah just yeah. to, to, to kind of say it again, so, and we'll, we'll include a link to this. It's almost our nugget, but not really. It's, it's more yeah. of the limelight. Um, so they're like, what happened was for the 1985 Toy Fair, you know, so the, the event every year in New York where they show everybody the the toys and they try and convince all the vendors to buy them, they gave out a catalog and they presumably showed the figures there as well. And right. they had Power of the Force figures who would ultimately go unproduced and they were on hand, they had hand cut bubbles. So they took the plastic and cut them out by hand and I guess they must have taped them to the back of a proof card with these figures. And right. they're insanely, they're all one of a kind, right? I mean, yep. yeah. as far as I know. Uh, as far as I know, I think I think that's right. I think there's only one one of each. Right. I think there was a, a total of maybe 20. I know I know. I have the picture here. And I'll, I'll put the picture up in the show notes. Um, maybe 19. Yeah, I think yeah. it says there's uh, 19 that are left. Yeah. Um, yeah, 19 that are left. And he has, what, eight of them? Yeah, he's got uh, eight. Yeah, he doesn't have the fat. Actually, no, not, he's got nine. Actually. He's got nine, but he doesn't have the yeah, fat. Yeah, he had another one. Doesn't have the fat, no. Right. That, that's going to be the hard one. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's pretty – I remember uh, – who was who working on one of those? I know uh, Adam Benefuel was working on those before he kind of stopped collecting. Oh, okay. I, I wonder if some of those wound up with him. That could be. Interesting question. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's uh, – Definitely a pretty outstanding limelight of just, and I, I think they were all spread out, but I think he just had persistence and and the willingness to spend what it took to to get it and put yeah. it all together. Uh, it's it's crazy. I mean, I don't know if you're a big fan of the Power of the Force packaging, but when it comes to the the older figures, kind of redone like this, I, I mean, I think they're just gorgeous. Uh, I'm not, I don't really find too much exciting with the actual like last seventeen figures, but right. seeing the old the old art kind of revamped like this it's just i think they're they're great yeah a, yeah that's pretty sweet hey, part a, of me thinks like like if they were in production it'd be great everyone could have them but at the same time the fact that they weren't produced also makes them really special too so yeah there's like something like what they just seem off like seeing them yeah like wait there shouldn't be a bosk you know like uh, yeah <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah there's something exciting about that now now steve do, you, do we know if the b-wing exists I do know it exists, and I, I know where it is. <laughs> it's not. But, it's uh, not is it in your it, cupboard? No, it's not in my not in my collection. It's uh, it's actually on the archive. So uh, if 
detectives out there can can look it up, but it is out there. And so, so it's, it's so in a it's in a good home. <laughs> who, who owns it? Tell me, Steve. Well, it'd be our uh, executive producer. <laughs> ah. Yeah, at least I believe he still does. Uh, it was under under his name at the the archive. So yeah, but it's out there. He's still it's around. Yeah. Christmas bonus. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. I don't. I don't quite get that much of a bonus <laughs> at my job, but. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm saying Christmas bonus oh, oh, from yeah. Gus, you know, for all, oh, our, I don't know all about our hard that. work, all the revenue <laughs> we're bringing in. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm just uh, just happy not to see a Chewbacca on there. One yeah, more thing see, I don't have to get. There you go. That's that's my face. I used to be like, oh boy, I sure hope there's a Chewbacca, and I'm just like, oh man. I hope there's not. <laughs> I hope there's not. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I guess maybe we should get into some of our uh, our features, hey? I think we'll, we'll do the un- unloved vintage item of the month, just because okay. uh, I'm, I'm in a goofy mood, so let's, uh, <laughs> let's be goofy. Now, Steve, right. I, I got to say, I've been like the, the post-production guy, but you've been the pre-production guy lately. Uh, you've been really <laughs> doing a lot of the research, getting all the stuff all set up. It's, it's great. So what, what what have you picked out for us this month? So uh, I figured since we're doing the Stormtrooper thing this month, um, we should feature his vehicle from the original, uh, the Star Wars line, which was the uh, Imperial Troop Transporter. And uh, I I uh, I don't know. I never had one of these either as a kid or when when I've been collecting. But I always thought it was kind of nifty. I just never quite had the uh, the urge to go for one. Right. But. Uh, it, the thing is, I, I kind of looked into it a little bit more with this, and the original version of it was actually pretty cool. And uh, I, I just wanted to read uh, uh, Ron Salvatore's description of it, uh, because well, it pretty well, much well, just sums it. All right. Well, before uh, we do that, though, I mean, let's okay. just say one thing, right? Yeah. So it's not in the movie, right? Nope, not in the movie. There's not even, like, a, a spare scene of where you kind of see one of these in the background. Nope. So it really is just a, hey, buy seven more Stormtroopers toy. Like it's, exactly, yeah. It's so shameless. It's great. All right. It's, uh, so, so let, no, let's, let's, let's have the reader. Okay. All right. So the Imperial Troop Transporter wasn't the greatest looking vehicle in the Star Wars line. It looked something like a, t- a desktop pencil holder. But it was cool <laughs> for at least two reasons. Uh, capable of playing sounds for the movie, and it came with a weird comic book telling the story of how Imperial Stormtroopers destroyed the Jawa's Sandcrawler. <laughs> it also came with two weird black immobilization hoods, which <laughs> sadistic kids could place over the head of good guy figures in order to brainwash them. And that's in, in quotes. Uh, electronic sounds, Jawa killing, and brainwashing. What more could you want out of a Stormtrooper vehicle? And that's just <laughs> that. I couldn't sum it up any better than that, really. <laughs> no, I, I like to. You, uh, you found a pretty good image of the Stormtroopers destroying the Sandcrawler. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, it's funny. Um, it was actually at the last uh, California meeting. Um, I think Will Grief had one of these there, and I was looking through the instructions. I'd never seen it before. And there's a great little comic strip where the stormtroopers are doing the stormtrooper thing and completely missing the sandcrawler on their first shot, <laughs> <laughs> while all the the poor little Jawas just kind of come running out right towards them. And I'm thinking, man, they're just going to get mowed down now. Well, well, there's there's one in the front, and it looks like he's almost pointing, like, "Hey, listen, we're we're not gonna, we're, you know, you're the Empire. It's cool, Utini. We got this. Yeah, thing. please. You it's all good. But... Hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Here, I'll, uh... I'll read what it says. As the transporter left to find the Skywalker farm, the heavy gun fired once at the Sandcrawler's mis- midsection. It exploded and burst into flames. <laughs> and there was a really, uh, I think, I believe it was Dave Dorman. 
uh, who's a pretty pretty popular Star Wars artist. He right. did a, a really cool like interpretation of the stormtroopers destroying the the Jawas. Oh wow! Sand I don't think I ever saw that. It was a couple years ago. Okay. But it's true. It is this great hole in the movie where you're like, that would really be cool seeing stormtroopers just really be evil because you don't really <laughs> yeah. get to see them be evil. That's I mean, they basically killed, you know, 3000, whatever, 40 right. creatures, destroyed <laughs> their thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, disgusting uh, little creatures. Oh, uh, boy. No. Yeah. So, uh, no, I, I thought it was a, a good thing to, to highlight because it's, it's one of those things where Kenner just kind of said, yeah, we're going to do this because we want to. We're going to make it our own thing. And, and it, I think it fits just fine. I mean, when you, when you think about it in context, so. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, I didn't know that the, the later versions, uh, it was changed, the name was changed to the Imperial Cruiser. Right. And that couldn't talk. Yeah, it didn't have the sounds. I kind of they they cheapened it up a little bit. So I, if I was a kid, I totally want the original. Yeah. So Imperial Transport Trooper became the Imperial Cruiser. Although Imperial Cruiser is is a nicer name. That sounds like, yeah, a, like an old Plymouth or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, I think that is definitely an unloved item. And uh, uh, although I mean. If everyone had Ron's write-ups, everything would be loved because he has the way of making all that stuff sound better. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and uh, I just hope we maybe have some of those in the market watch, Steve, do we? Maybe. Maybe? All right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, then why don't we head to the serious side and uh, let's, let's, let's find a nugget. All right. It is a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. Well, for the nugget, Steve, I like what you picked, mainly because it was easy. I mean... <laughs> it was pretty easy, yeah. <laughs> going with conceptual prototypes of unproduced things, uh, you just never get tired of them. So uh, what you picked out here was the conceptual shadow stormtrooper figure. And uh, what this is, is a black stormtrooper. Right. And it really is amazing that Kenner, with all of its brazen claims of a new stormtrooper, I mean, why didn't they do this? <laughs> yeah, this, see, this could be the, the new stormtrooper. <laughs> all it takes is paint. But, yeah. Uh, the, the write-up on the, on the nugget mentions that it was found in the same discovery as the mock-up Chewbacca family figures. Right. Which are my ultimate grail of all grails. Um <laughs> And the, the theory is that the Shadow Stormtroopers appeared in the Star Wars Sunday comic strip. And uh, I listened to the Force cast a little bit, and they, they, they talk about that a lot because those guys, oh, cool. they, they hate the Shadow trend. They just think it's a cop-out. Because Hasbro figured out what Kenner did not figure out, which is... Yeah, see. <laughs> this right here is what you call a Shadow Greedo. Uh, oh, next no. Next month is your Hologram Greedo. Yeah. Uh, then you got your Valentine's Day Greedo. Uh, and yeah. uh, then you got your white Greedo. Yeah, they just, just do repaints yeah. all the time. That's funny. I mean, think about it in that sense. When you get all the, the crazy clone troopers and all that, it's it's <laughs> Kenner had the idea planted but uh, didn't feel you know the need to go with it, which yeah. is it's, it's funny. It's completely opposite now. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's just beautiful. It's just because uh, yeah. black stormtroopers are really cool. And, you know, we have uh, – my son, one of his favorite toys is a is a shadow uh, uh, trooper. 
Uh, I named him Wes Craven. I thought that was a cool name for a shadow. That's trooper. a good one. That's good. So, <laughs> and he he's always like the coolest of all the clone troopers. He's always kind of like the leader or the ninja or whatever it is. Right. Because that was the other thing. I guess that was more GI Joe, but you know, black all black <laughs> meant ninja, and all white should have meant ninja, but it didn't. No. <laughs> yeah. And then this isn't really going to be a a second nugget. But I was trying to figure out what are we going to do for an interview because there's a lot of Stormtrooper collectors, but a lot of people have kind of gone out and kind of come back in, and we've already talked pretty exclusively, uh, pretty exclusively, pretty extensively with Don Raskin, right? Um, and that was in episode four, three, three, I think it was three, yeah, yeah, it was three, um, and that got me thinking, you know. Well, the other thing that we did in the third episode that we haven't done since was story time, which was oh, yeah. where we talked to Phidias about collecting in the old days. Yeah. So I thought, why not kind of combine the two? And uh, there's a collector out of Cincinnati, or at least out of Ohio, uh, named John Wooten, who's fairly well known. He was very active in the earlier days of collecting. And then when I started, he he was sort of like a legend who would faded off into the distance and he's come back in the last couple of years right and he put together this proof run uh, of stormtroopers that more or less along with Kellerman's Leia run is just considered to be the proof run I mean never never to be done again you know nope. and uh, so start to finish yeah yeah so what we're going to do is I'm just going to give him a call next Monday so Steve you can fast forward into time again you're very good at that <laughs> and uh, and you'll you'll hear me talk about you know, how did he get this entire set of of uh, stormtrooper proofs what was it like you know how what were the avenues that he had to go and then how did he wind up selling it so what do you think? good does that sound good yeah yeah Are you ready to go to monday yep let's do it okay story time Here's an oldie but goodie. Once upon a time. Long ago. Tikalo Carbon. Tikalo Carbon story time. Hit it, hit it. Toronto, gosh. Hit it. All right, I'm here with uh, John Wooten. How's it going, John? Okay, how are you doing? Uh, doing great. Thanks for... Uh, Coming on the Kivecast and talking a little bit about how things used to be. Um, oh boy! I, you know when we when we were talking about uh, stormtroopers, you know we've already interviewed um, Don, and so it, we felt like we kind of already covered the sort of the state of stormtrooping collecting now. Um, but I'm going to include a link up on our show notes to uh, a page on the on the archive, and uh, it's a page of all of the stormtrooper proofs and sample cards that were at one point in your collection. Is that correct? Yeah, they were. They were all in the same place at the same time. So what I thought would be fun is, uh, you know, just to get an idea. When did you get your first proof? You know, I, I was trying to think of that leading up to this, and. and... You know, I, I think I want to think it was right around like '98 or so. All right. Because it was just after the the special editions came out, and just somewhere around the the Men Behind the Mask show that, that was touring the country that had like Jeremy Bullock and Peter Mayhew and all that. And that's when I I got to meet a lot of the, the collectors that I knew from the Usenet boards in person for the first time. And it was right around then that I, I was 
able to get the first one. Okay, so then, I mean, so that, let's see, so that goes back to 98, so then the Usenet boards, those were, some of our, our listeners are pretty new, and they don't know that before Rebel Scum and all that, there was uh, all these Usenet boards where people would get together and talk. Now, the the men behind the masks, so that's, uh, that was 98, you were saying, and, and you're from Cincinnati, is that right? Well, I'm, I'm actually in Columbus, which okay. is a couple hours north of Cincinnati. Okay. So what I did was go down there and, and meet up with a bunch of uh, folks that I knew from from either online or from from other trips down to Cincinnati. I'd met up with them. Um, I'm not sure if I have the, the year exactly right, but it seems like it was before before the the episode one, but then yet after the special editions. Okay. So then, whatever it was, either '98 or '99. So then you make your way from Columbus down to Cincinnati, and that's where you managed to meet up. Uh, I mean. I guess what Chris Jurgulius was there and Ron Salvatore and a lot of the a lot of the folks who, who run the archive were there. Yeah, Chris, Ron, Gus. Um, oh God, there's tons of people. There's some Ohio Club people. I mean, we were just kind of getting getting started there. But, right. Um, so then, when you're at the Men Behind the Masks uh, thing, were you able to to buy a proof uh, at this at the event or afterwards, or it was through making the connections? Well, at some point down there. I met Steve Denny for the first time, um, and right. I don't know if, if he's come up in the podcast before, but he's kind of the major source for what paper-proof type stuff is out there. Um, you know, he saved from the, the trash or whatever else way back when. Right. So most proofs that are out now, most proofs that are out now pretty much went through him at some point. I mean, Kellerman had a bunch separately. But those two guys were kind of it as far as, like, action figure proof cards. Right. You know, actually, we, we haven't really mentioned Denny uh, before, so it's this is as good of a place as any. Um, so you were able to meet him, and he is, I mean, I, it must be some, like, 90% of all proofs at some point pass through his hands, right? I mean. Yeah, I, w- I would totally agree with that. I mean, he, you know, he, he's just the, the kind of guy that, that, you know, knew ahead of time that, you know, he just, he, he kind of likes to hunt for things. And with he lives in northern Kentucky, and with, with his proximity to everything, and and you know liking Star Wars and all that, he just at some point or another was going around flea markets and stuff like that, and, and found some things, and then started going to Kenner itself, and, and just finding things that they would throw out. You know, there's something out on the dock, you know, meant for the trash or whatever, and he'd figure out a way to get it and and kind of just save it wow. until you know. Until several several years later, um, he had a, I think his early he had a for sale list like as early as eighty nine I think eighty eight eighty nine somewhere wow. there, <laughs> and he was selling proofs for, you know I don't know five bucks a piece or or something <laughs> or revenge like whole revenge sets he was selling fairly cheap I wish I still had the ad Chris Dragulius uh, might have a scan of it somewhere yeah, he probably does <laughs> you know I mean he got them for nothing so. Right, it's all it's all profit. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> wow. So then, so then you bought your first. Do you remember which one it was that you bought back in the, the late nineties? Yeah, it, it, it's the one that kind of it, it kind of sprung into all the rest. Is that it was a twelve back proof, which at the ah. time there weren't any out there, so to speak. There, you really you saw tons of Empire and tons of Revenge, but you really didn't see a whole lot of. Star Wars proofs out there, so that was one of the, the early ones to kind of get out and, and get known. And because I got such a hard one to begin with, 
well, uh, you know, I had to get an Empire one and then a Jet uh, Revenge one, and that was kind of it for a while. I just had the three. Right. About, for about how long did it? Uh, were you happy with those three? Uh, probably less than a year, I think. Cause it, <laughs> it was just so easy to get the, you know, the Empire Twenty One. At the time, it was like a, you know, two hundred dollar thing, and you could see them for sale pretty frequently. Right. Revenge, of course, they, they, you know, they, they've always been fairly common, and there's lots of demand for them, so they, they pop up a lot. So yeah, I got those three. And I'm like, okay, I've got these. And you start seeing you hearing of other variations. You're like, well, I'm going to do I've already got a really hard one. Why don't I go for these other semi-easy ones? Yeah, and it just sort of turned into kind of an obsession from there. Yeah, you got to love the collector mentality. You know, it's, yeah, one, right. one down, it's 14 to go. How hard can it be? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, yeah. I mean, so, it was just it was the kind of thing where it wasn't even like I liked Stormtroopers any more than anything else. It was just, it was one of those things where it just kind of happened that way, and it was uh, it was easy to to get a few to begin with, and, and then, you know, one of the bonuses of that particular card is that it never really changed. I mean, right. you know, it was in every card, not every card, but pretty much every card back, at least every main design, you know, it existed. Right. So it was just kind of neat to build over time. Yeah, that's that's great. So there was nothing in particular that drew you from the Stormtrooper. It was more that the piece told you as opposed to the character. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I always thought the outfits were cool and all that. I always loved, I always wanted a, a real Stormtrooper helmet or something like that. But I didn't like set out to to do it. It just seemed kind of easy, and, and nobody else was doing anything like that. So it seemed kind of easy, and it was inexpensive because it was just kind of the Stormtrooper. It wasn't like, like if you tried to do that with Han Solo, I mean, it would be significantly more expensive because of how expensive a 12-back proof would be. and right. And stuff like that. It just, you know, it, it just seemed like an easy thing to start. Um, not to say it was necessarily easy by the time it was all said and done, but it, it was definitely the way it got started. All right. So, the, so you had your twelve back, and then your twenty-one back. Where did you get the twenty-one back? Just from the used groups, or? Yeah, I believe I just got that off somebody's for sale list. I didn't get that one from Steve. Um, but I'm I'm one of those kind of bad collectors where I didn't keep track of where I got anything. Okay. <laughs> M- make it a shorter <laughs> interview. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Lucky everybody. But yeah, I just, you know, I, I just never, I and mean, some guys just document, and it, and it is a good thing to do, but at the time, it was just, you know, I was all still relatively new to me. I don't really been kind of interested in the stuff from, like, mid-90s or so, right, when I was getting out of college. Right. So I, I didn't. I just it never occurred to me to to think about okay well where did I get this thing or whatever until I'd been collecting a couple more years. Right. So then after you have the sort of the less than a year of being content with the three, where did you? How did it move on beyond the three that you had? Then I came across some more Empire ones, like just you know like a thirty-one back you know with no offer and, and right. the display arena one and. Some other ones that were, you know, kind of also fairly common. Those were from Steve's for sale list. Because um, at that time, he was still, you know, he still sending out a list and, and had pretty even prices on everything. You know, Empire were certain, kind of a certain cost. And right. Jedi were another kind of cost. And, and it was just, he still had, you know, multiples and several. So that was when I kind of decided, okay, I'm going to fill out the rest of the set. So I basically talked to Steve and got on a payment plan and all that. And, <laughs> And this is this is what I'm going to do to to complete it. 
Oh, wow, that's great. I'd love to see some of those lists. So then he, he still had a list in multiples as of sort of 2000, 2001, and, he, and you could just almost go shopping off the list, hey? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it kind of cooled off, you know, at a certain point. It seemed like it would have been around 2001 or so it kind of cooled off where I don't know that he was selling them all that frequently. But, uh, you know, he still had the list. Yeah, he had the list all the way up until, you know, the final uh, the final blowout of that, that uh, Celebration 2. All right, well, good. That's, yeah. where I, that's where I was going next. So we have 2002 and, and Celebration 2, and we've talked about this a little bit. Um, but were were you there at the uh, at the room sales? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, he asked uh, Steve. By that time, I got to know Steve pretty well. And uh, between me and uh, Dan Florida, who lived down closer closer to him, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he just he asked us at one point to to try to help him sell that stuff. He had he'd already kind of got rid of his his three D stuff through Tom Derby in Cloud City. Right. Where he was in the process of getting rid of it. And then the proof stuff, he just kind of wanted to hang on to, um, just because of the volume. There's so much of it, you know. And, and at a certain point, he just decided, okay, I've been selling them at this certain amount for so long. The demand's kind of waned or whatever. I'm just going to blow these things out. I'm going to sell them for... <laughs> Yeah, and and we'll have to we'll have to get a list, and I'll, I'll get it to you before this thing goes on, and right. and you'll see one of the old lists where it say what that you sold them for. The celebration two sale is ridiculous. I mean, it was like I don't know fifty dollars for a, reven- or a return proof or something like that. I mean, it wasn't oh, it, was, it was incredibly cheap. You know, twenty dollars for Empire. I mean, it just <laughs> you know there was a line. It was like the hotel room where we had it was actually Dan's room. All right. And Dan sort of organized the whole sale thing, got a velvet rope to kind of only allow <laughs> so many people in the room. And Steve was there. And then I just kind of helped on some of the, the back end stuff about you know, pricing and stuff that, that I knew Steve had that went to. Uh, there were certain uh, people that had other character collections or whatever. And, right. And there were some things that I wanted to make sure went to those collectors because if it was Gus and he, he you know, He'd gotten all the Jawa ones that he wanted, but yet there was one left. I wanted to make sure it went to Gus, that kind of thing. Right. And then the rest of it just kind of got blown out. It's like flat boxes, proof, proof box type stuff. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, – and, and as far as the – so the pricing was all Star Wars, Empire, Jedi. It wasn't like offers were – like if there was like a 47 back, it wasn't considered to be more because there was less of them or anything like that or – do, do no, it wasn't really. It wasn't really. Uh, it wasn't really divided out at all. Now there weren't any. Pretty much at the sale, I think the only Star Wars ones that were sold at the sale were like the ones that he had a few with a set offer. Okay. And I think those were still a fair amount of money, but in today's terms, they're dirt cheap, I and mean, they're like three hundred bucks for a power door with a set offer. I think. Right. It would probably <laughs> go for three times that now, but. Um, yeah, easily. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So, and then, the, yeah, the round corner ones, like the the, the forty seven, like the the four lom, and then the revenge offer, um, with you know the Akbar offer. The ones that had the round corners really didn't get segmented out at all. Wow. I mean, uh. they were also some emperor offer, but I think only a couple of those were sold for sale. Right. That's uh, and so then were you able to kind of get in there early and and look through and make sure there were any stormtroopers kind of put aside or had you already earmarked those or? 
No, but by by the time that all happened, I was already more or less done. Right. Um, I had kind of gotten everything I could get, at least from Steve's stuff. Um, I think the last thing I got from Steve was the um, the Star Wars twenty one back that's on the on the site there. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. That was sort of a good get at the time. I mean, at the time, <laughs> it never really occurred. I don't think that. Other than John Kellerman, I don't think there were people that were really in all the card back minutia that they are now. You know, it's like right. They, they, I don't know that it was really that obvious that oh, have, have we ever seen a twenty one back stormtrooper? <laughs> you know, I, I don't think we really thought of it quite that much. Right. Yeah. So in case you, you don't know, it's uh, there are no carded twenty one back stormtroopers, or I guess maybe there's a couple now that some people say maybe showed up and. Australia, but certainly at the time, yeah, right? No, right. no one had ever seen a 21-back Stormtrooper, so to have the proof of a Star Wars 21-back Stormtrooper is just amazing, and I imagine it must have just been sold to you for less because it wasn't a 12-back. But uh. Well, it was still, I mean, you know, Steve still knew, based on the incredible, just the incredible volume that he had, combined right. with what he knew that Kellerman had, and I mean, he knew which one. He knew that Return was, and Power of the Force were the least common, Right, uh, along with twelve backs, and then he also knew there were a select groups of others that were even less common, like twelve backs without a back printed, and right. and that twenty-one back. You know, he, of all the proofs he had, I think that's the only twenty-one back he ever had. Wow! Um, and that was the last thing I got. And it, it was a fair amount, but it was just needed. I mean, at the time, I, I recognized it was a tough one because it, just to be able to have two different Star Wars proofs was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was a little it was much later, I think, when I realized that it was actually kind of unproduced. Right. Wow, and then the the Power of the Force, did that was that just part of his list as well? No, the, the Power of the Force one actually came um, from a source that, that Gus and the other guys had turned up. He had hmm. some random paper stuff. So there were times when I would go down to, to you know, they, they would all kind of plan a trip to Cincinnati to go and meet Kenner people. Right. And since I was so close and, and friends with them or whatever, and for the most part, they were okay. And say, hey, come on down. We're going to be down this weekend. And sometimes I'd tag along on the, the, the Kenner thing. Sometimes it wouldn't. It just depends on how many people they wanted in their house. Right. Um, but, yeah, that, that was a source that they come up They had found, and, you know, they, they offered it to me first because they. it's one of the things they tried to do was if they knew somebody was into Stormtrooper stuff, they, you know, whatever. They would kind of say, hey, we've got this piece. You know, we'd like to give you a first shot at it. And that's what they did. And that was something I had hunted for a long time. I mean, that was just not something you could... I, I never saw another one until years later when, when Nyheisen put his stuff up for sale. Right. Yeah, those are not easy to find. My my Chewbacca's all beat up, and and I'm happy with it. <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take it, any any form of it. Wow. So then, when do you? So then, this uh, this write up on the archive when everything was sort of completed. When, when was that? Well, I'm trying to. I, you know, this is one of those things where not having a good memory and not documenting anything kind of bites you. But right. I want to think that this would have been somewhere in the neighborhood of 2002. Wow. So only four or five years to to get these all together. Yeah, and if I'd have had more money to spend, I could have probably had it quicker. But it, right. <laughs> it's one of those things where you just kind of had to stretch it out a little bit. Right. Um, and then the other thing, too, was sometimes, you know, 
the stuff I was getting from Steve, you know, he's a collector too. So when he's only got one of something, it's kind of a hard thing to to let go of from his point. You know, he's like, well, you know, I'm never going to replace this. So, right. you know, it, it took a while to be able to, like, for instance, the 21 back Stormtrooper. I mean, I never even knew he had it <laughs> until, you know, I'd known him for a couple of years. And then we're looking through the, the, the so-called good stack of proofs. And, and there it is. I'm like, oh, my God, what is, what is this? I've never, <laughs> seen, I've never seen this before. i got to have this, like, right now. How much do you want? And, and, you know, he's like, ah, oh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> wow, man! I would have loved to have seen the good stack. I mean, even the bad stack. That's and, and when you're saying stack, I mean, at, say like at uh, at C two. I mean, how many were sold? Do you think, if you had to estimate? Oh wow! I mean, uh, just a lot because I mean, there were people leaving. I want to think that the whole thing was probably like. It seems to me the whole thing of just the Star Wars proofs. Uh -huh. It's probably like equivalent to like a short box of comic books, if that makes sense. Like a, okay. you know, like a one and a half foot to a two foot box. All right. Just so, full of little thin proofs. So it, it doesn't sound like much in, in terms of just looking at this box, but then you see it all spread out. I was like, oh my God. No, that sounds like a, a lot. <laughs> of, yeah, yeah. So there's a bunch of flats and, you know, there might have been more. I think there's a whole bunch of other kind of proofs too. Like, you know, there's a whole collection of, of superpowers proofs that that um that he had as well right so it was just kind of you know so basically a, a comic book box filled with proofs yeah no that that's that's got to be <laughs> you know a couple hundred at least right I and mean, that's, that's oh yeah easy yeah. yeah i mean people were buying them you know tens and twenties i mean they they i don't know that anybody bought maybe just one i think everybody right. kind of loaded up <laughs> you know you never yeah. buy them box flats of things just because you know right. they're 20 bucks i mean you can get a, a revenge of the jedi tripod laser cannon or whatever for <laughs> 20 bucks I mean, well why wouldn't you i mean exactly. if you that now, it would sell just as fast you know <laughs> yeah i mean what what's this money for right wow. yeah right wow okay so then so then within within four years you were able to get it and you'd say uh i mean was there any point where you thought, wow, this is really hard? Or was it all just mainly a question of getting the money and, and, and paying the people? I mean, what was the thing you had to sort of search for the most? Well, I mean, the power of the force won the most. Right? And that right. was the one that always kind of dogged me because you just never, you know, you'd see other power of the force proofs come up for sale. You'd see sheets come up for sale, but you never would see, you just never saw the, the, the power of the force one. It just never came up. Right, and I mean, especially with that that new on there, I actually I was talking to Steve. I never saw that before until I was getting ready to to do this episode. I never saw the new written on the Imperial Stormtrooper. Yeah, and I mean that, that was one of the coolest things about it. Is not only was it a, a cool proof that I needed, but it was actually sort of pseudo unproduced because they were toying around with this new idea. You right. know? I mean, <laughs> it was. I mean, it's still more or less just a power of force proof, but. It's kind of cool in the you know the way it was way it had that thing kind of printed in there. And, and do do we know has there ever been a Power of the Force Stormtrooper without the new written on it? I think there's at least one out there. Okay. And wow. there's another one out there that I can't remember exactly what the difference is, but there's one that came from Nyheisel that okay. had like a. Um, red background or something where the coin was or there's something goofy about it. I, I huh. never got a shot at that. Right. Why? That and was one of those things that, that sold early. 
Well, that's yes. Yeah, well, I guess if you were still putting this run together, you'd have to get one of each now. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Well, that's what happened at a certain point. I was like, okay, um, once I got the last one, what do you do then? You know, do you just right. kind of sit on it, or you always kind of want to get the next thing? That's kind of done at a certain point. Right. So, so then, what? At what point did you decide? Okay, you're you're done. And at what point did you think? You know, you were going to sell them. I mean, how how did that how did that happen that you you came to sell them? I think it just came to a point where, I mean, anybody that's kind of known me or whatever, I, I guess I enjoy the collecting part of it more than the actual having it. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like the actual act of collecting is is super fun if it has a beginning and an end. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know that I could just collect something that doesn't have. Okay. I don't know how many of these are out there, but I'm going to try to get. Hey, that's a little too open-ended to right. an extent. But with the proofs, it was just like at a certain point after I went however many years without finding another one, they just kind of lost whatever I had for them. I kind of lost that at some point. Right. And I started getting other things like like four ups and 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 more 3D stuff, stuff that I'd never really had a whole lot of interest in before. And it was just one of those things where, okay, you know, do I want to make this choice to sell this stuff and, and buy this other stuff? And when I realized I couldn't really do any more with it, you know, to me, owning it and seeing it in a shelf was neat and all, but it was just as neat. I mean, I'm looking at this picture now, and it's like, you know, it's the same thing to me. It's like, right. even though I don't have them <laughs> in my possession, I know right. the story behind most of them, and and I remember what they were, and, and that's kind of it. It just doesn't do a whole lot for me anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's a more like a spiritual form of collecting. Less, uh, less I got about... yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, because, I mean, when when I see it, you know, I'm, I'm much more about having than I am about. I mean, I like collecting, but I love having. And, uh, yeah, that's it's, I think it's just a sort of fundamental difference in, in a lot of collectors. Um, so then did you sell everything in sort of one big swoop, or did you parcel it out, or how, how did you go about that? I sold the proofs in one big swoop. I wasn't going to part it out. I was going to try to find somebody that wanted them all, and that's what I did. Wow! And do you think so that they, was the... they all exist somewhere? I think they're in a drawer, but they 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 still exist with the same folks, I believe. Wow! I, I mean, do you do you ever regret it, or you're you're just pretty happy just to see them there? Or I mean, do you regret it financially? Do you think you maybe could have gotten more out of it if you'd sold them individually, or? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I probably could have if I'd really wanted to try hard to to string it out or something like that. But like anything else, it was one of those th things where, okay, there's this other piece that's waiting on me. You right. know, if I can get X for this, then I can just buy this and I don't have to, you know, I don't have to sell anything else. It's just one fail swoop. You know, they're tough to display. Am I ever really going to frame them? What am I, you know, it was just, it was an easy decision at the time. As far as regretting, it's like it's like anything else that's ever kind of went through anybody's collection. I suppose there's there's times where I kind of wish I, I still had them, but I think if I really think it through, I'd probably make the same decision again. You know, right. I just have them. Like I could say I bought them back. I'd have them for a year and be like, okay, this is why I wanted to get rid of. Them. So <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just kind of. I mean, I guess. The, one thing I guess the twelve back one would be kind of nice to still have, just because that's when I met Steve and that was kind of cool, and we're still pretty good friends. And 
you know, stuff like that. Right. And the Power Force one that I got from the guys, you know, it would be nice to have. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, you got to just, yeah, I had to cut it off somewhere. I suppose I couldn't just try to, I'm not one of those guys that's just going to collect everything. I'm more like going to go for a certain focus and then when I'm done with that, move to something else. Right. Well, yeah, that's, I, I like that idea that the, uh, the ones that you regret not having, it's not because they're valuable, but because they have some kind of some kind of personal connection to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Well, awesome. Well, I I, uh, I wish you luck on your continuing uh, collecting, and once again, thanks. And we'll uh, yeah, we'll we'll stay in touch. And thank you so much for for sharing your stories. Good deal. I appreciate it. All right, well, thanks to John for talking to us uh, on Monday. Yeah, that's uh, going to be great. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's Steve's little little treat every month. Yes. <laughs> well, it's funny because you know, I never listen to the episodes after I've done them, after, uh, I, after I've edited them because I've already heard them like three times through the editing process. So right, right. It must be, uh, must be fun for you. <laughs> Definitely. But uh, I don't know if you noticed, Steve, but last month I finally figured out how to get pictures from eBay onto our show notes. Yes, and uh, man, it, that is just awesome. I was going to ask you if there's some way that I could help you do that or figure it out, but I'm, it's, it's, uh, it just makes it so much better. Yeah, I, I think there may be a way you can do it because I actually tried to do it this month and I forgot how I did it. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this is my learning process with everything with the computer. It's like I do it once and I'm like really proud. You know, I fold my arms and I got that beaming look. And, and then it's like a uh, good 30 seconds later and I'm like, wait. How did I just do that? How did I just do that? But uh, <laughs> I'll be able to figure it out again. So okay. what that will do is that will make these, these market watches a lot more relevant because – you know, I'll include the price on each picture, and so then you'll go back, and not only will, will the Kivecast itself be of interest, but the, the show notes will be a real, a real measuring stick. Um, so that by the time we get to, uh, you know, Bestman Security Guard, we'll have a couple of years of these things uh, all <laughs> saved. Right. One dollar flicks. Market watch. So, uh, Steve, tell me, uh, tell me. Let me just take a guess. Did you start with a twelve-back carded figure? Some habits are really, really hard to break, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just—it's funny. It always seems to be one of the first things that pops up. So, I actually picked a few this time because there were some interesting differences. Okay, um, let's talk about. So, that. so uh, just to start it off, an ungraded twelve-back. Um, this one went for two hundred and fifty. It, it's in pretty nice shape. Uh, got the punch taken out of it but uh that seemed like um if i was just expecting to go out there and find a stormtrooper ungraded um somewhere around there seems about right um and then uh let's and, see and again as far as the the newer collectors who are worried about the price i mean 250 is a fair amount of money it is yeah it's a stormtrooper it's carded it could be the one that was stolen off my wall when I was it a could kid. be it could be it which, could uh, be and i i don't know i mean that, that's expensive but as far as like one of the f just marquee items, you know. There's a lot worse ways you could spend, uh, 
uh, 250 <laughs> bucks. I got to stop, Steve, because now I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to like save this image. Not now, Sky. Wait for post-production. All right. <laughs> All right. So is that the uh, only 12 back you found, Steve? No, 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 no. So, um, so we have ungraded. I would call that a C7. I mean, oh, no, the price tag sticker is all ripped up. So I don't know. It, it's C5, it's, C6, maybe. It's decent. I mean, to me, I, I'm, I'm kind of a weird, if I was collecting carded figures, I don't I don't get quite as, as uh, picky. But Yeah, uh, I, I don't either. It looks pretty presentable to me. Okay, so moving next, we got a uh, 12-back B, which was uh, AFA 85 all the way through, and that one sold for 959 So uh, you got the higher grade quality, and then you have the case and, and all the, the stuff that we've always talked about. Um, right. But see how much, I mean, it almost quadruples in price. Um, and see, for me, like, I don't know why, but the, the bubble punch to me is a huge thing. Is it? I mean, okay. not the bull punch, the, the hole punch. Yeah. And that, that really, to me, that takes a, a figure to a whole new realm when it's unpunched. Yeah. Um, which is strange because a lot of collectors don't feel that way, which I guess is good because um, then I'd, <laughs> I'd be priced out. But there's no way I would ever spend more money. I mean, I would spend more money on a, on a nice condition card. But to have yeah. it be punched, to me, it's like, I don't know, she's, it's a really beautiful woman. She just doesn't have any teeth, you know? It's like... Um, <laughs> Yeah, but there is something about, a, about you know, maybe we could eventually get some more pro AFA folks, but there's definitely something about the 85s on the 12-backs. Mm. I know that people say that getting a 85 Chewbacca is nearly impossible, and mm. there are certain figures, and I think in general that's the goal for AFA yeah. collectors is to it's have an 85 85s. set. Okay. Because you're never going to get all 90s or... But no, that that's going to yeah. be too much. So, yeah. I guess that makes sense as far as a grand goes. But I'd definitely rather have, I'd rather pay two hundred and fifty and get the one that looks <laughs> just as good to me. But <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Uh, the next one we had is it, it probably can't be a twelve back. There's no way there's another twelve back. <laughs> no, no, actually, of course it is. It's another. It's another twelve back. Um, this one uh, was it's in a little bit better condition than the first one, but it's not graded and it sold for about four hundred. So um, there you go. It's just kind of an interesting range there. I mean, it's I don't know. It, it's I'm, I'm not a, a market analyst. I'm just a market reporter. So <laughs> wow, Steve. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know you've been going to school, but that's uh, uh, that, that's uh, some fine. I just call myself there. an analyst, which doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're not an analysis assist? No. <laughs> uh, anyway. anyway. Um, all right. I, I want to move on because it seems like that, that's just. <laughs> well, hey, man, you're the analysis. Don't let me yeah, uh, yeah. get in your way of your commenta- commentering. Okay. <laughs> or your uh, reportering. Reportering. <laughs> uh, so next we got a, a 20 back that's AFA 70, and that one sold for 220 So. On to the next uh, next line there, and um, again, I mean, it's it's the same card image, but uh, you know what? Wait a minute. Oh, never mind. They they kind of double advertise it. They called it a twenty back, but also a twelve back. I had to make sure which one it was. Um, well, wait, yeah, that's a little bit back. funny though, right? Because I thought for the twenty back they took off the uh, the, uh, the hey, yeah yeah. What's the deal with that? Wait huh. a minute. Okay, I think so, we may have found something interesting here. <laughs> all right, let me see here. So it says 20 back A on the AFA thing. Right. Yeah, but they may have just made a mistake. Wait a minute. No, it is a 20 back. Yeah. I, I think I, I just... 
Are I'm we... having a, a lapse here. All right, so, so here's the deal. This will go into the commentary uh, on the Rebel Scum thing. So the great thing about about uh, about about being an idiot is you can admit it sometimes. Yes. <laughs> so Steve and I were both in agreement, right? As far as we knew, no 20-backs had the LP logo, right? Yeah, I thought that was a 12-back thing. Right. Maybe I'm I'm starting to doubt myself. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm that starting was to doubt myself too. Twenty-one backs that did. That? Yeah, yeah. I think maybe that's it. All right. Well, <laughs> good. We've gotten to the bottom of that. We're idiots. So uh, why don't we why don't we discuss that next month and get get an okay. answer to that? All right. Um, but but Scott Bradley, you cannot answer because it doesn't have to be with Canada, and you can't answer all of our questions. Um, no, I'm just kidding. You can if you want. Yeah. But uh, yeah, boy, that's okay. funny. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna really be bothered by that for for a while now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, I didn't find an Empire carded figure that sold recently, which I was kind of surprised. That is funny. Uh, but uh, moving on to the Jedi figures, there was a let's see, this is a seventy-seven back. Yeah, seventy-seven back that sold for fifty-one, which is in pretty nice shape. It's got a clear bubble, which is hmm. which is always nice for Jedi figures. Right. Um, so I mean, hey, there you go. It's you know one of these original characters kind of bumping down through the history of of the toy line, and you can start to get uh, you know a nice carded example of it for a pretty good price. Yeah, that, that's a it's a really nice picture they included too. <laughs> I don't know if you see that. It's this really nice close up close up of just, just the stormtrooper's face, <laughs> just the face. Yeah, yeah. The picture. The only pictures they give are these really detailed pictures. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You don't actually see the whole the whole card. You don't know. Wait, the, the bubble's completely yellowed, man. Wait a minute. Yeah, go down. Wait a wow. Minute. What a jip. Oh, I'm thinking of a different one. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I got a different auction. My bad. <laughs> okay. Right. So that, that one, we'll just say maybe not. The greatest deal. I don't know. <laughs> but you can't fight with that picture of the weird... No, no, no. The weird I think that's drawing. what it was. Like, I got hypnotized by that first picture of the, his huge face just kind of drawing me in. Yeah, and are those teardrops on the sides of his eyes? I was thinking, does that mean that the stormtrooper, like, killed somebody in jail? <laughs> okay. Could be. Could be. <laughs> all right, all right. We're, we're, we're clearly... Oh, boy. All right, I got to get back on track here. Yes. Um, get back okay, on the so, chain. Yeah. Tri-Logo. So Tri-Logo is up next, um, and this is an interesting one. I think we actually talked about the image for this uh, relating to the Joe's Tri-Logo site, how now at this point they kind of, they didn't use the original image for the Stormtrooper on the, the Tri-Logo card. It was something they used for a, a catalog or advertisement where they had to airbrush a lot out. Right. And and so this one uh, sold for 300 and uh, it's not, or it's a graded 80, AFA 80. Um so for tri logo collectors out there, um, you kind of get bumped up again. But uh, and that's we were talking earlier about the the two stormtroopers and right not not for tri logo. So <laughs> and it's it's weird. He seems lonely. I've always thought the the tri logo stormtrooper seemed lonely. He does, especially because the tri logo bubbles are so big and just like they're kind of flopping around in there, and he no one's got his back, you know. No, no, he does look quite lonely. Maybe there's an extra teardrop. You know, on this helmet. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, a lot of AFA figures this month. Okay, so this next one is a Power of the Force figure, and this one looks to be in really nice shape. It's got it's unpunched um, AFA eighty five, and that one sold for four hundred. And um, 
kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the power of the force uh, design. I think this is just one that it's just perfect. Yeah, it's um, beautiful. And it doesn't have new, so <laughs> they, they they rebuke the new Imperial Stormtrooper for uh, for the power of the Force. But I, ha- I had to look, you know, like when I saw yes. that on the proof, I'm like, wait, wait a, minute. a minute, did I miss this? It's kind of like yeah. the um, the droids Boba Fett having the square bottom. Like right, when I saw right. it, I was like, wait a minute, did I see that? But yeah, yeah. So that one sold for four hundred. Um, which... and, th- and there, his his buddy is back again. The Stormtrooper yeah. is no longer it's... alone. No longer alone, but, and he's but, got a nice, nice shiny coin to go with him too. So, but while we're talking about it, it is a weird image, both of them on there, because he's <laughs> yeah. right behind him. I mean, yeah, he's kind of using him for cover. Actually, if you look at it, kind of, yeah. If you look at, <laughs> at the trajectory, he's kind of like, yeah, he's hiding. He's like a human shield. <laughs> he is. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I drive you crazy, Steve. You always try and go through these things so quickly, and I have to make my stupid points. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's all right. I, I made plenty of my own this time. So. Um, okay, so let, let's go out of the United States. So we don't get to do that too often. Um, this is a, a nice Top Toys uh, from Argentina, and this one sold for uh, 190 And uh, I think I, there was a couple others that I don't know if they were from the same seller, but... They looked like they may have been, but they were selling more in the, I think, the 100, 100 125 range. But uh, this is one that I picked out, and it was for uh, $190. And Top Toys is kind of, it, I love the, lo- the logo for Top Toys. It's just it's just so different than what you normally see. Yeah, it's it's really great. I, I remember when I started collecting, I was fascinated by the Top Toys because, uh, you know, so if you don't know, it's from, from Argentina, and they're not that rare. I mean, is it is it the Vader or the Stormtrooper where they're all over the place? I, I think it may be the Stormtrooper just based on how many I right. saw. Yeah. Looking at these. yeah. Um, there, was, there was like at least three or four that right. were selling yeah. around the same time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's so it's fairly common to get. And as far as a foreign figure, by the time you get to Jedi, there's not that many that have different logos on the front. Right, right. Um, so it's translated into into Spanish, El Regreso del Jedi, which if you ever go in the museum, you can read a long treatise about the language difference between Spain and uh, and uh, Argentina, because I go into that a little bit. Um, but it has the Top Toys logo, and then on the back, just the fact they <laughs> use the the 12-back the imagery. Right, right. It's it's just beautiful. So. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that does not seem like the best deal to me because I always thought those were cheaper than that. But. Yeah, I, I, that was one of the higher ones. Um, I, like I said, I think there were a few others that were selling more in the the hundred dollar range or thereabouts. So, um, okay, so moving on, um, we've got a twelve inch figure that's in box, um, which to me it seems like if there was ever going to be a the twelve inch figure to get, I don't know why Stormtrooper just seems like the right one. Um, because he just doesn't have that creepy doll look, <laughs> you know. Right. He just uh, yeah. uh, he just looks like a, a regular badass stormtrooper. So, right. um, but yeah, this one was a nice condition one in box. It sold for four hundred and ten, um, which is uh, I was surprised. I didn't know if they would sell for that much. Um, I, but uh, yeah, then I saw the loose ones were selling in the, like the fifty to sixty dollar range. Um, so. Huh. Uh, anyway, for those... Oh, sorry, uh, Steve, I got another stupid point I got to go on. All right, let's, uh, let's hear it. <laughs> the imagery of that has always bothered me. 
The stormtrooper oh, really? in the in the Death Star hallway. In the oh, in the hallway. It's mm-hmm. just so far out. I mean, if you look at it, because they they try to get the effect of where it's going back into infinite and right and the red floor and he's got the gun shooting out and it's again it's one of those things you can just kind of stop and pause and really think about the 70s because it is just so 70s i mean i love it you know i love it yeah. that it's so 70s yeah. but um all that the, the death star hallway uh, imagery it's yeah something about it's it's totally it kind of bugs me I don't know why. <laughs> Does it make you uneasy? Yeah, it makes me uneasy. That's what it is. Maybe it's just the the sense <laughs> yeah. of being trapped, or because you know it's supposed to be in this huge structure, but the fact that they were filming on these really tiny sets for all right. this stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's like agoraphobia and claustrophobia at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Wow, are we off the chain together? I think we might be. I think. This yeah. Is, uh, this, is, uh... this is dangerous territory, man. I thought Lobart was going to call in earlier. Man, hopefully he will. <laughs> Getting out of control. Getting out um, of control. Well, see, so you, you know what we need is some immobilization hoods, That's which we, uh, we can find on uh, on the Imperial Troop Transport. I found a couple of these. Um, okay, I'm starting to get brainwashed now. Uh, the first one, it was uh, just a regular uh, box vehicle. It had been opened and, and played with before, but, it, you know, for, uh, for a collector just getting started, you can get a nice example for $55.85. Um, wow. Did that and, uh, come with the mobilization hoods? Uh, yep, comes with comes with everything, and uh, I think this one the sound does not work, so that's the unfortunate part. Um, I would I would know it would just kill me to know that you could hear Darth Vader talking to this thing thirty years ago, but you still can't now. That, that would yeah. just that would bum I don't me know out. though. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it has yeah. all the all the pieces with it. Yeah, no, it's it's complete. It's got everything with it, and including the uh, special comic book, which we had talked about earlier. Yeah, I'm telling you, Steve, these uh, unloved vintage items, this is going to get me in trouble. I want all these <laughs> things, man. They're awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, so we have that okay, one. So, so that costs 55 So what, 55. what would it cost if the sound did work? Sound is a premium. Uh, this, this The other one I found sold for $300, and it's... Pretty much unused condition, just looks pristine, and the sound still works. So, wow, there you go. It, it's uh, two hundred fifty dollar difference. Yep. Um, but man, I mean, it's it's really a great toy. I, I just I'm not giving it the attention that it deserved. So, nope. Uh, that that about rounds it out. But uh, awesome, Steve. Well, once again, excellent job on the on the uh, on the market watch. And thank you. I think with the, with the pictures. This is finally going to serve the purpose that we hoped it did in the first. It would in the first <laughs> yeah. place, right? <laughs> you know, we've been doing it for long enough. We may actually have to explain what what uh, one dollar of licks means. Yeah, get a, a rehash on that. That'd be good. A rehash, but we're not going to do that this month, Steve. Not yet. Should not we yet. get to uh, get to feedback? Sounds good. All right. So, Steve, uh, we have our, our, our first bit of scandal that actually has to do with us. Really? We, we do. So, uh, last month I, I mentioned a story about uh, Nick McCarty and his uh, the figure that I sent to him, and he took a picture, and I found it in 1001 Collectibles and all that. Right. Um, so, what I was saying, and I had this little feeling in the, in the pit of my stomach, like, I maybe shouldn't be saying this. So uh, I got an email uh, this month, and it's uh, an email that is from his wife 
So, well, there's some things I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know that, that he was dead, uh, and I did not know he suffered from Alzheimer's. Oh. Uh, and I was told that in this email. So I'm going to read it to you, and here it is. I heard your podcast regarding my late husband, Nick McCarthy. Regarding a Star Wars figure, I'd like to add that my husband was not a disreputable person or had a bad reputation. Only what a bad time he received from people only on Rebel Scum forums. It is well known that my husband has been battling Alzheimer's for the past 15 years, which made him forgetful. He may not have meant... He may not have meant not to send you a photo of the Chewbacca figure you say you sent him. I would assume he simply forgot. The reason my husband always ran into trouble with the deals he made was he would simply forget who sent him what. Any email he got, he would simply delete straight away. This was due to his condition, and he would do it uh, without thinking most of the time. Please read up on Alzheimer's. You will be shocked as to what it can do to someone. Uh, then he goes on to... I mean, then she goes on to sort of go off on some other people who are affiliated with this podcast, but I'm not going to read that. I'm uh, uh, just going to leave it there, and I'll let, let the audience react. All right. Uh, I have to say, this has been, okay, once again, P-O-K-U-T, Wampa. All right. <laughs> Let's get some more calls on the Wampa line, but uh, I've definitely been getting more feedback from people. I think our, our audience is starting to get the idea that we uh, we want more want more response. You know, Well, not really that, but... It really feeds, you know, like when you see uh, like a Titanic, where they're like feeding the coal into the fire. Right. I don't know why I picked that reference, but <laughs> but people emailing us saying that they like our show puts coal onto the fire of this whole show. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because we don't do it for money, we don't do it for respect. It's just uh, it's great to give right. some. Uh, something fun to do. Yeah, I'm starting to get, starting to get depressed there. <laughs> we don't, we Bring don't it do, back up. Bring we, it back up. We don't do it to insult, to insult the dead. Um, okay, so. Up, up, up. Uh, up, okay. Uh, Matthew Fox is the one who's going to bring us back up. Um, that is the name. Is that the guy from Party of Five? Matthew Fox. <laughs> it right? may be. And from Lost, right? Oh, wait a minute. Is that, is that his name, Matthew Fox? The actor. Is the actor named Matthew Fox, or is his character something Fox, and his name is Matthew something? Oh, man. I don't Anyways, know. Anyways, <laughs> I'm a big Lost fan, so I'll just pretend that it is him. Um, <laughs> so uh, he just, you know, he said that he wanted to congratulate us on, uh, on our entertaining podcast and saying he's been listening and saying it's kept on improving, which I like very much um, because we really work on that. Um, and he says that uh, he he has his own podcast this week in Star Wars. I'm just trying to think it may not be. Uh, yeah, Sky. I think when you when you start to get to the point where he's <laughs> he's got his own podcast, I can't really imagine that Matthew Fox. But maybe uh, you never know. But <laughs> um, but anyway, so I said that he started around the same time that we began, and yeah, has the same number of Facebook fans and all that. Um, uh, so kind of like it's like a headline news thing. But uh, anyways. There was another website, and I forget. I was we recorded us talking about it, but I don't know if we ever actually did. So we'll do that in September if we didn't. Um, okay. But yeah, you know. So, uh, anyways, you guys should check out this week in Star Wars if you want to check out uh, a more general headline site, and uh, especially if you want to listen to things that are more than once a month. Yeah, it's um, great. He does it uh, weekly. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and then got a really fun call too, uh, fun fun email from uh, Sean Sean Marshall, and uh, says that he loves the show and uh, 
This is his quote. Where else can you find esoteric French philosophy, bootleg creepios, and discussion of the goofiness of the death squad commander? Um, <laughs> so I appreciate that. Any, anything that says thumbs up to the French philosophy is, is good with me. Um, That'll bring Sky up. That'll that, bring that Sky will up. bring me up, yeah. Um, but uh, it's cool because he says he's not really a focus collector, dabbles in a lot of toys, and does Gentle Giant and stuff like that. Um, and he does also say too that you know he'd like more talk about bootlegs. Um, and to be honest, that's interesting because I thought we almost went too bootleggy when we started uh, with all the all the Joe interviews. Um, yeah, I was actually just thinking about that a little bit ago. Um, I figured I think we had said we were going to double up on on the next one with Joe, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to record the, the the next two because I think there's less stormtroopery stuff. Okay. Um, I got to stop adding Y onto the end of everything. Um, it's kind of a stupidy thing to do, but uh, anyways. So you know, his questions were, "Why are they so scarce?" Um, you know, uh, which is a good question. I I would say that only some of them are scarce. Right. Uh, if you want to collect vintage Polish bootlegs, uh, they used to they they seem to be scarce five years ago, but now they seem to fall out of the trees. Um, so I don't think those are that scarce. As far as the the Uzes and things like carded Polish, I think it's just there weren't that many made, there weren't that many saved, and there weren't that many transported over here. Right. Um, and then he also said that uh, price is rarely mentioned on bootlegs. And that's that's a pretty good point. Um, it is, yeah. So he said, you know, whenever you mention the $3,000 offer on a bootleg Chewy, it makes the wheels spin. Um, that's a particularly rare item. The, the second photo, Chewbacca, uh, the Miemum Adam. I mean, that's there's only a couple, handful maximum out there. You're talking about the uh, the Uze, right? Yeah, the Uze, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so maybe maybe next time we talk to Joe, we can talk more about prices. Yeah, it's um, some general general bootleg questions. It's always good to, to have on there. Right, yeah. Um, so... Uh, so he also said, you know, what's the ballpark figure for how many bootlegs are easy to come by? Um, I think that's – I remember when I started collecting, I always wanted to have figures of how many, if anything, there were. I just yeah. never got any answers ever except about the Thai bomber. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So right. I, I, I just don't know. Um, and then uh, – this was a great email. So then he, he went on about the, the room sales at Celebration. And uh, I just – it got me more excited about Celebration 6 than than the announcement did because <laughs> it is the most exciting thing, you know? Yeah. Even if it, there isn't that much, even if it's not that exciting or whatever. There's just, just the, the atmosphere of it. Yeah, I mean, the atmosphere. Just, the um, fact that it's happening, really. Yeah, I mean. it's the fact that it's happening. Um, so, you know, he said, how much money do people bring? Uh, you know, uh, he says, how much of my retirement do I need to get into the door? Other items that sell 100 to $200 range, or is that way too low? The nice thing is they don't cost any money to go there. You can buy things for a dollar. Right. You can buy things for $3,000. You can de- <laughs> I mean, you bring in 200 bucks. you can You can probably out. bring out with a good haul. <laughs> good haul. Yeah, I mean, like one really nice thing. Because usually things are sold less than market value, right? Or a little bit right. less. Yeah, and um, you just get such a variety of stuff too. I mean, yeah, it, just, just anything you can think of seems to show up uh, from yeah. prototypes to 
So Dixie cups, you know. I mean, yeah. I think you got Dix- did you get uh, Dixie cups or was it Cheez Its or something last time? Yeah, I got Cheez Its. Yeah, Cheez Its. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, got I got the modern Cheez Its with the Chewbacca on it, and uh, yeah, I was I was beaming. <laughs> I, I'm still so happy. About I, that. I remember that <laughs> you were like so excited when you walked up with those. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I, mean, I also got not? you know some some Arco. You know, 1977 bootlegs for I don't know. They're like 100 bucks each or something like that. You know, because um, really what it is, it's almost like people bring stuff that they like, but they don't really have any place in their collection. And yeah, yeah. so stuff that they, they think other people would would have an interest in. Um, yeah, and it so usually I, does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll talk more about it as as we get in, but it's definitely not a closed door thing. I mean, if people don't know who you are, they might say, "Who are you?" But then you just yeah. say. I'm uh, Sean. What's up? <laughs> you know, and that's yeah, and that, that's that, all you really. That have pretty to do. much solves that. Uh, there's one thing. Do we ever talk about the fact that some guy like bought something at? Because I forget who it was, so we can talk about it now because it won't cause okay. a scandal. Someone right. at C5 bought something at the room sales and then uh-huh. brought it over to his area and sold it for a higher value. Well, I think I missed that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Wow! Oh, I lied. I actually remember who it is, but uh. I won't say it on air. <laughs> okay, that is not acceptable, man. I mean, there is a beverage here that is not cool. <laughs> that is, uh, I, I think, I think if that happens again, we may have to, we may have to call that out because that's that's totally against the spirit. Yeah. Oh man, I, I didn't know that happened. That's it, yeah, yeah. That that was that was pretty low. And then he said, "P.S. You need a Twitter." <laughs> and you know what? I I uh, I was against the Twitter thing, but. Uh, I- <laughs> I, I just happened to notice that uh, we got the welcome to Twitter Kivecast email. Yes, that was <laughs> so, my big surprise for you. Oh, oh, you shouldn't have given me <laughs> give me the refresher on the password to the, the email account, man. Because I saw that, I'm like, oh no, what what, what yeah. have we done? <laughs> so we have a Twitter. It's it's Kivecast or at hashtag. What are you supposed to do? Do you I, say at yeah, Kivecast? I don't know. That's right. what, what I would have said if I just saw it, but I, yeah, I don't I think know. It's at Kivecast. Okay. I, I can't promise that we'll ever do anything with it. Um, but it does exist now. <laughs> it does exist. I am saddened and amused to say that Wampa Wampa was taken. Oh, um, no. I don't – I'm trying to <laughs> I, – I really spent a long time cogitating on this. I'm like, is there somebody out there who's a fan of ours who's saving that for us? Unlikely. Uh, uh, is there um, someone out there who likes Wampas a lot or vintage or <laughs> – I hope whoever owns that listens to this Kivecast. That, that's, that, that, that would just make it all the, all the better. They don't have to be a fan, but it would be nice if they knew um, that, that we yeah. existed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and also, let's see, we had a mention that there's Target sheets, uh, like vintage Star Wars stuff. Uh, Tim, Tim sent us out a message about that. Um, oh, cool. But they're pretty low quality. But it, it's got the cool poster image of uh, – uh, the vintage poster of of uh, Luke, where he's kind of pointing at you and shooting at you from the original oh, cool. uh, Star Wars things. From the poster, oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, from the poster. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Twitter, Kivecast. And then um, <laughs> I thought I thought Facebook was going to be bad enough, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, man. how many likers do we have? Uh, let's see. We've got 128. Wow, so that's we're, we're getting up. up there. Yeah, yeah. we're getting there. Um, yeah, that's, it's been good. It's, yeah, it's alive. Yeah. Another uh, exciting thing is we're probably September we'll start it, but, uh, we've been getting more information about, uh, Martin Thurn's, 
um, Star Wars Collector newsletter. Oh yeah. Um, so that's there's a lot of information there, and uh, he's actually going to be uh, Martin's going to be sending me one of those, and uh, that's just you know really really cool. And, Good. Uh, so that's going to be another source, and really anything that's been done for the vintage Star Wars collecting hobby, you know, I, I want it, I want it out here, and I want it talked about and, and shared, and so. Yeah, right. and then uh, I think the last the last message that we got I think was from uh, Clint, and uh, that that was just a really cool email. Um, oh, from the five hundred first. Yeah, yeah. So he's yeah. he's a member of the five hundred first in in Dallas. The first thing I thought of was like it's the last thing I'd want to do in Dallas is wear a bunch of armor. That's um, a good point. But, that, that would be that would be that's dedication. <laughs> that's dedication. Um, <laughs> but actually, my email too. I realized there should be more crossover of like vintage collectors who do costuming and customers who collect vintage. Yeah, it seems like there's kind of a similar thing there. But uh, anyway, so he mentioned how he never really got into vintage until he found us, and he said thanks a pant load, which uh, I don't know what that means, but I liked it. May have uh, to adopt that from from, from yes, <laughs> yes, a space freak. Thanks a pant load. But uh, <laughs> anyways, he uh, he kind of goes on a little bit about uh, about wanting to collect Boba Fett. I think that's his main thing that he uh, he gets dressed up as. Um, mm-hmm. And also looks like maybe an arc trooper, uh, which if you're if you're into the Clone Wars like I am and my son, that that's really cool. Um, but anyways, and he talks a little bit about wanting to get a, a 21 back Fett and having kind of a concentration on Boba Fett. And we'll get to it in a year, I guess, when we get to Boba Fett. But it always amazes me there's not more Boba Fett collectors. I think it's just because they're they're scared. Yeah, people just get uh, scared by the by the premium. So. Yeah. So if you have the money, there's not that. I, I think if you have, if you don't mind spending the extra fifteen to twenty percent on each item, um, it, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's not that many hardcore, fet focus collectors, right? Right. I not that I can think of. I mean, it's not like you know, stormtrooper, Vader, the droids. It's just uh, you think of the items themselves as being the the really hot thing, but I can't think of focus collectors. You're right when you think right. about it. Um, so it is prohibitive, but it maybe it's not quite as prohibitive as one would think. So, anyway, so yeah, so that's Clinton. He also said that if we ever have the desire to have any five hundred first stuff, he may be able to work it out for us. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't know what we do, but uh, well, you have know, to think about that. Yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> hmm. Now, if, if they could make an Imperial Troop transporter with a wait, what was the, what was the hood called again? Immobilization. The immobilization hood. hood. See, I don't think that any uh, 501st armor would actually fit me, so I'd probably have to be the one in the mobilization hood. Um, <laughs> I'm too short to be a stormtrooper, man. No, no, man. Dude. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, that would be cool. Well, that would <laughs> yeah. be a whole other area, right? But what about, like, not a 501st, but, like, 501st of vintage? So you just look like a vintage uh, figure. like... <laughs> <laughs> that that could be really really interesting. I think maybe some. What is it? It's um, Jordan at Hollywood Heroes. He does the sort of life size vintage figures. Yes, that's, that's right. Yeah, the big really yak face. Cool. Yeah. If you made <laughs> gigantic vintage figure costumes, I mean, Stormtrooper <laughs> would be the first one you do, right? Right. I mean, uh, uh, it seems like a no brainer. 
and then hook up it. in a mobilization hood. <laughs> so yes, that's all we're going to ask you to do, Clint. All we're going to ask you to do is to design and create an entire set of uh, Stormtrooper armor based on vintage designs. So that's it. Yeah, well, it seems like uh, we got our wish. We got our Lobot comb. Jared, oh, uh, man. Jared uh, popped up right right up with it. Oh, just so good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and then uh, someone, uh, Beanie said he was going to call us from his speaker Oh, the, that's right, phone. that's right. But he never did, so... Uh, we, I would still love to hear that. P-O-K-U-T, so Chris, Wampa. Come on, hook us dial up. Dial it in, dial it in. Yeah, dial it in. And, um, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we got some more for the uh, B-Wing pilot and skiff guard saga. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I, I'd, <laughs> Do you want people just picture... to go to the Facebook for that in order to like it? Or uh... Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> it's on there. I, I posted it up there. It's just... Uh, I don't know if I'd really want to be a ladies' man with size noodles, <laughs> per se. But uh, hey, I mean, if that's if that's what he can. Well, I mean, Steve, I didn't want to say anything about the speed dating thing, but uh, <laughs> oh, this is like the, the fifth time you you've the, said something. The the, the, the the size noodles costumer. I mean, you did. You were hitting on her pretty hard, and I wasn't even really sure it was a lady in there. Right? I I think I'd had a, a couple of uh, what were those drinks called? No. Uh, the lightsabers? I don't know. Yeah. That, that, that was just a dark, dark period of my life. That was a dark period life. of time, Steve, at the, yeah. uh, at the speed dating. <laughs> but yeah, m- more of a story with the, the, B- the B-Wing pilot in, in Skiff Guard. So. <laughs> yeah, how did he get the beer in his hand, too? I, I don't know. That, that's <laughs> that's the, the, the mysteries of Jared's... Uh, yes. <laughs> handiwork. His <laughs> handiwork. Yeah. yeah so. Good stuff. What's the last thing we always have to do, Steve? Uh, the uh, the old <laughs> fantasy baseball. The old thing. fantasy baseball. I, I tell you, it's been it's been going better for me. And Steve, you're you're actually beating Brock right now, right? I yeah yeah. I I was in second to last place. I move up to uh, to ninth, but I'm the last <laughs> the last bunch are all within a couple points of each other. So it seems like it changes every day. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it is at the top too. So. Yeah. Uh, the sort of I'm I'm fighting it out with two other folks for the the top position, and Steve's fighting fighting it out for the not not the bottom for position the, for the the rejects position. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was hoping it was going to be just between you know I was hoping you and I were going to go down to the last week of, of the season. I you know what that's a that's a pipe dream, my friend. That's I don't a pipe dream. <laughs> yeah. Ma- maybe by the time we get to the beaming pilot, it'll. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I, I get a little bit better at fantasy baseball each year, but I don't think I'm ever going to get that good. No. But <laughs> you, you have to have no life. So. <laughs> I mean, you're kicking back, eating frozen burritos, which is better than. What I, I mean, that's it, it's barely a life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Well, awesome. Well, who, who's coming up next month, Steve? Uh, is it Han? Han next? No. No. I don't, I'll give I'm you a hint. He's got an awesome beard. Oh, yes, the bearded one. Good yep. old uh, Ben Kenobi. Obi-Wan. So, yeah, so, well, that's, uh, boy, I don't think Joe's going to have many bootlegs at all for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Are, <laughs> well, there, are there even any Obi-Wan Kenobi focus collectors really left? Um, not that come off the top of my head, really. Uh, Dean kind of retired, and Adam retired. And yeah, they were the two that came to mind. I guess there's well, Zach in Cincinnati. yeah. But yeah, as far as vintage goes, I I can't think of uh, of anyone that now. Well, anyways, we'll uh, yeah. we'll talk to the ghost of uh, Alec Guinness. 
That works. And uh, we'll, we'll make it happen. So, uh, anything else you want to throw out to our space freaks there, Steve? I think that, that should wrap it up. All right, well, Wampa Wampa. Adios. This podcast is not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, Hasbro Toys, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at www.starwars.com. The official Hasbro site can be found at www.hasbro.com. Star Wars all names and sounds of Star Wars characters and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or the respective copyright and trademark holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Star Wars Collector's Archive, unless otherwise indicated.